Hey, y'all. Real quick before I hit play on this episode of Familypreneur for you, I want to be sure that you know that I have a brand new podcast available for you to check out. It's called Just Marketing, and you can find it on this podcast platform. Go ahead and search for Just Marketing and hit subscribe so you don't miss anything. Then come back here and listen to this episode of Familypreneur. It'll still be here waiting for you. Welcome to Familypreneur, the podcast for parent entrepreneurs raising kidpreneurs. It's time for your weekly dose of inspiration and actionable tips to build your business and find better balance, all while strengthening your family. And now we'd like to introduce your host. She's my mom and the bomb.com, Meg Brunson. Hey there. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Familypreneur podcast. We are in the middle of a really special series of interviews with industry-leading experts who also happen to be speaking at the Become Influential Virtual Summit, June 8th through 12th. Become Influential is a summit I created and hand-selected each amazing speaker for to support busy parents through the process of building profitable businesses without sacrificing family time. If you haven't already gotten your free ticket to the summit, you can grab that at becomeinfluential.com. Now I'm excited to introduce you to Jen Taylor and talk about compounding joy using the theory of compound interest to increase gratitude. Hey, Jen, thanks for joining me today. Thank you, Meg. I'm really excited to be here. Oh, I cannot wait. You are signed on to be one of our amazing speakers at the Become Influential virtual summit, which is taking place June 8th through 12th. And you are speaking on Monday, which is our day for mindset and self-care, which really is the foundation for everything when it comes to entrepreneurship and online business and all of that good stuff. And I would love for you to take a couple minutes and introduce yourself. Thank you. I'm Jen Taylor. I am mom of 18 and the Naked Podcaster, and I speak and teach and coach on compounding joy. So I use a theory of compound interest. I think everything in life is compound interest. It's small daily actions that get big over time. And I do that to help people increase gratitude. I, I did that because I was, as I was speaking and all the training I've had, I was asked a lot to speak on conflict resolution and stress reduction and management. And I thought that's such a terrible way to look at things like life's super stressful and there's all this conflict. And it felt very much emergency room to me. Like this is a problem. It's a, it's a problem right now. We need to fix it. And although conflict and stress comes up and you do need to be able to kind of ER that, you know, I think about things in a much more preventative medicine space where if you've done the things to build up the foundation over time, you have the attitude already fostered to be able to handle those things better when they happen. So kind of flipping the script on where we're coming from with conflict and stress. And that's kind of who I am. And it's kind of like, it sounds, taking the medical example, it's like preventative care. So it's like going to your physicals. You're taking these steps to prepare you emotionally and mentally to handle the things that life is going to throw at you. Exactly. And I'm a very preventative medicine mindset type person. I want to do all the things that I can ahead of time to get me ready for, you know, and I have a great physical 
um, example, I had a hysterectomy 16 years ago. I lost twins at 19 weeks and I ended up with three surgeries after, and it was really traumatic. And if I hadn't done all of the things that I had done on an ongoing basis, to take care of my health. I can't imagine how much more difficult that would have been. So I, I really feel like everything in life is just as preventative medicine as we can do it. And a huge part of everything we do is our attitude kind of where we're coming from on an emotional level. We hear the word self-care a lot, you know, oxygen mask on yourself and all those things are 150% correct. So I want to give people the tools to get them there. And I have so many tools that, you know, some are not going to work for some people and others are not going to work, but there are going to be at least three that are really going to work for you to get you in that right mindset. And then when those conflicts happen, you are just in such a better headspace to be able to, to take that on. And I think that's a really important point that you bring up that something that works for one person isn't necessarily going to work for somebody else. But also just because something didn't work for you once before doesn't mean nothing will work for you. So it's, right. it's finding what is going to work for you, which I'm sure is influenced by so many aspects of your personality, like your past and your upbringing and all of that stuff. It was. I was I was brought up in tremendous dysfunction. So when you think about kids in foster care and everything that they've been through, that was me. I, I was that kid. We weren't in foster care, my sister and I. We should have been. I remember CPS visiting the house when I was about 10 or 11 and she drove away and I wondered why we weren't with her. It was very, it was very confusing to me because as a kid, you know, things aren't right, but you don't really have a context to compare that to. And I felt like, well, maybe things weren't as wrong as I, I innately felt and they really were. And that led me to, you know, I I went through infertility and I was able to give birth four times, but in my mind, I knew I was going to do foster care. Uh, Someone made a difference to me, my third grade teacher, and I wanted to make a difference to other kids. And, you know, we didn't expect 18 kids out of all of that, (laughs) but, (laughs) but, um, you know, I, I have a great example for that too. I wrote one book and I was on a group podcast and there was a woman who I'm friends with that had 17 books. Like, Oh my gosh, what an incredible, co- I, I can't imagine writing 17 books. What an accomplishment. I, I, how do you even structure your time? How do you do it? And I have one, but we're both called authors. And so with parents out there, it doesn't matter if you have one or I have 18, there's not a competition in number. What it is, is a collaboration and a connection. And so whether you have one or 18, you're called the same thing. We're all called parents and it's not competitive. And so, I mean, my story was my story and I love my story. I created it, you know, so I'm excited about it. But yeah, definitely if my third grade teacher made such a significant difference in my life, then imagine what you can do in someone else's life. And so that started propelling me on the journey of having a better attitude and being more equipped. And then like having all these foster cares and having like tremendous, I have, I used to train foster parents. So I was a foster parent for 12 years and then I became a trainer. So it's not like you can just take a suicide awareness class. I had to take enough training to be able to train parents Um, in suicide awareness. And I work with the toughest of the toughest kids in the system. So when you start becoming a trainer for children with trauma and suicide intervention and structured family evaluations and nonviolent crisis uh, uh, intervention and, you know, big, scary words that are super negative. Yeah, I have a lot of training in that, but that doesn't mean that we need to come from that space. That training really taught me that 
you never know what things, what life's going to throw at you. And what, look at us now in the middle of a quarantine, right? We just, you just have no idea. All these things are out of your control, but coming at it with more skills and tips and tools that you can build to do better when things are thrown at you. That, that was my whole goal from, from the lessons I learned growing up all the way on. And I didn't, I don't think I've heard your like childhood story and it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is heartbreaking. That's what my book's about. My book's about this is defunct dysfunction. Yeah. Oh, but I love how you've turned it around. And I, so I know you, I interviewed you in a podcast previously and we've talked about your kids, but can you break that down a little bit? I know there are people listening that are still (laughs) stuck on that mom of 18. (laughs) Um, Break it down a little bit because I feel like that's amazing too. So I was told at 15, I was having a lot of trouble with cycles right before my 16th birthday. And that doctor looked at me and so interesting because I turned 50 this year and I still think like, why did this doctor do this? And he said, you're probably going to have difficulty having children expect to go through infertility. I'm 15. He's the first man that seen me below the belt. You know, I'm like, I'm not worried about that, but it planted a seed. So I had my third grade teacher planting a seed. That, that you can make a difference in someone's life. And then he did. And I did go through infertility. I went through seven surgeries. I was maxed out on medication. And I was at the point where my doctor said um, IVF. And to women who have done it, bless you. It was not my path. And I knew, I knew it was not my path. And I said to the doctor, I'm white flag in this. I'm done. I, and so he was weaning me off the medication and doing blood checks. And he came into the room, this little Asian man who was super quiet and he hugged me, and, which was very unusual. And he said, you're pregnant. It was not on the cycle that I put you on. And it's your miracle from God. Expect a very difficult pregnancy. And I wish you the best of luck and expect to never be able to get pregnant again. I had a very difficult pregnancy. My daughter, who is now 28, was born with a lung disease. I was told her the first time I would hold her would be after she had died and that she wouldn't live through her first 72 hours. With all of these experiences, I knew I was done with infertility and I wanted to go straight into foster care. Um, So I did. That's what I did. I ended up getting pregnant seven times. Uh, so maybe doctors, it's not in their book. <laughs> I'm like, I think it's sex, Meg. I think that's what. <laughs> so, maybe it's not the blood work, <laughs> but I I did give birth four times and I lost three um, children and the last one was twins at 19 weeks and it, that was a disaster physically and emotionally. In the meantime, though, I did foster care. So we had, I had um, taken in four adoptions and four births. And I had two kids that stayed long-term. So that's 10. And then I ended up divorced 15 years ago and I kept doing foster care on my own. So I adopted a fifth child and I took in three more that stayed with me long-term. So if you're adding, that's 14. And I was divorced. So that older daughter that's 28 now, she, uh, she and a, a mutual friend started fixing me up on dates. It was horrible. I was humoring them, <laughs> but they fixed me up with Dane. Uh, Dane and I, from the moment we've met, we've never not been together. He had four children and his wife died. So that's 18. That's the math. <laughs> that's the math. <laughs> and, and his three older kids were the same age as all my kids. And then there was like this eight year gap and we have a 10 year old. So it's like, that one was the, the loop, the, you know, that was the tough one for me. Like, wait, she's four and her mom died when she was a baby. Yeah. So I've had to navigate a lot of interesting situations with these kids. And basically I want to make a point for anyone listening and still thinking, well, one, I'm crazy. Yes. Embrace it. 
Uh, and two is like still the, how do you do it? I chose this life and I love it. And that goes a really, 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 really long way. And again, it's not competitive. And basically because I did family Costco style, I've had more opportunities to fail and to make mistakes and to learn. And I've had more tough situations with my kids and I've had over 28 years experience. So basically I'm just compiling all that into like this, who I am. And I'm saying, here you go to make it easier for other moms, especially those of us who are entrepreneurs and dealing with a whole nother set of issues. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, gosh, this has been amazing. I feel like this could be your whole presentation for the summit. (laughs) So I can't even, I can't wait to see what you're going to take us through in June. This has just been amazing. Thank you so much for being willing to share all of this information with us. Your story gives me goosebumps and it makes me happy. And I just think you're amazing. So thank thank you. you. I'm so excited. And for everybody who's listening and watching, uh, make sure that you are there. The summit registration is open. The summit will be happening June 8th through 12th. And you will be speaking on Monday, June 8th. Do not miss it. Thank you so much, Jen. Thank you. You're welcome. We're all busy. I get that. Believe me. But before you do anything else, hop over to becomeinfluential.com and grab your free ticket to the Become Influential Virtual Summit. It's happening June 8th through 12th, and you definitely don't want to miss it. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Do us a favor. Share this podcast to a friend. It's like my mom always says, sharing is caring.